everybody, it is Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020, and you're listening to an episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Isaldake, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, and car whatever. On today's episode, like some of the other ones that we've done recently, I'm on a walk back from throwing my car on the charger to home, so we'll talk about some of the car news that's been happening uh, these past few hours. Uh, It's been a big week so far for EVs, uh, and really kind of plug-in stuff as well. Uh, it's, It's... there's a lot of things going on. So the big breaking news, I think, today, more than anything, that really caught a lot of people off guard is that Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, announced that he is putting in place uh, a mandate, uh, actual legislation. It's a little confusing how this is actually going to work, but uh, more or less California is planning to ban the sale of gasoline and diesel automobiles by 2035. Uh, this 15-year gap is going to be used to encourage automakers to continue to electrify their vehicles. Uh, It's a little bit confusing as to whether or not this means that all cars sold after January 1st, 2035 need to be strictly pure EVs, or if they're going to allow some level of electrification, uh, as a lot of places in Europe have. I think in Europe it's more of a phased type scenario where some cities uh, have outright banned uh, anything that's not an EV. Um, Other places it's kind of like as long as you have some level of electrification, it'll still work. Um, So we'll kind of see how this goes. I think the big question is, here in the United States, how well is this going to go over? Because, you know, EVs as a technology are still catching up in many different ways, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, But it's, you know, I I don't know. Like, it's... I think it's a great idea. I think this is the kind of thing that governors should be doing across the board, because let's be honest, the federal government is not going to be enforcing this anytime soon with the current president in office. Uh, The flip side of this is that, you know, disproportionately, uh, electric cars are more expensive and lower income people are not going to be able to readily afford them. But on the flip side of that, the average new car transaction price is in the mid $30,000 range, and that's where many a new electric vehicle are actually starting at price-wise. So, all things considered, I think 15 years from now, we're going to be looking at this type of thing and going, wow, this was a good idea. We should have done this before. Um, But, you know, it's hard to predict where things are going to be at. But I think the main thing to draw from here is that, you know, having this kind of mandate is going to need to create cheaper, more affordable electric vehicles. We're starting to see those prices fall quite a bit, and I think we're going to continue to see them fall, uh, which I guess may as well jump to the next big point. Tesla had their battery day announcement yesterday, and while it was boring as hell, um, there were a few little tidbits that I think were really interesting and kind of point to where we're going, especially with what Gavin Newsom was talking about. So Tesla announced that they are going to be basically reducing the cost of their battery packs in half within the next five years. Uh, This is going to be done with different use of rare earth minerals and with different kind of battery construction technology. And they're also saying that they're going to be able to make the batteries more energy dense. And in theory, they're going to be able to make their cars go much, much further uh, on a single charge. 
Uh, because these batteries are going to be less complex, they're going to eventually be able to build entire chassis around these batteries. Uh, and they're going to significantly reduce the parts count for all of their cars going forward. Now, that would imply a couple of things. One, that there is going to be a next generation Model S, Model X, Model 3, so on and so forth. But uh, one thing that they did very casually, secretly hide in the presentation, uh, was that they are working on a $25,000 compact electric vehicle uh, that's supposed to be available within the next three years. The question, of course, for me is what... What does that even mean? Is, is that just a goal? Like, is this a loosely defined idea? Because they promised a $35,000 Tesla Model 3. They built six with some wood and glue, and they kind of brushed it under the carpet and said, well, if you really, really want one, you can order one. Uh, saying a, that they're going to do a $25,000 compact car, uh, you know, one, indicates that they're worried about what Volkswagen is doing, which we'll talk about in a second. But two that they recognize that the lower ends of the market need to be captured and, you know, they've got great brand identity. There's, they're definitely an aspirational brand for a lot of people and having a car at that price is going to, you know, really bring in a lot of folks. Uh, they're talking like they want to be able to build millions of vehicles in the United States within the next five to 10 years. And by adding their new factory in Texas, They'll certainly have the capacity, but when they're talking about building up to 250,000 Cybertrucks a year, uh, I just have to go, what the hell are they smoking? Uh, I think they are absolutely loony to assume that they're going to be able to build and sell that many of those trucks. But, you know, who's to say? That thing is still vaporware as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, yeah, it was a weird conference. Uh, Tesla stocks really took a big hit afterwards. Uh, things did not go particularly well for Elon uh, and the Tesla fanboys. And that really seemed to show through uh, with the announcement today of the BMW, or sorry, not BMW, the Volkswagen ID4. Now, if you haven't been paying attention to what's going on with Volkswagen in terms of electric cars, they got sued into the Stone Age with the Dieselgate scandal. Uh, and because of that, they have promised to redevelop their car line uh, to begin to shift towards electric. And a big part of that is the MEB architecture that sits below the ID4 here in the United States and the ID3 for the rest of the world. The ID3 more or less is a golf-sized hatchback that is meant to, you know, it's, it's rear engine, rear wheel drive. It's really going to be a departure for what a lot of things you'd expect an electric Volkswagen to be, especially when there was an e-golf for so long. The ID4 that we're going to be getting here is more or less an ID3 on stilts. It's got a slight body lift. It rides up just a little bit higher, um, but it's really just a tall hatchback. Um, the big I think announcements really to kind of be taken away from this is that Volkswagen doesn't really seem to be shying away from restricting content in order to hit a lower price point. Uh, their base quote unquote model that's going to be launching at the end of the year and will go on sale early next year uh, is $40,000, $39,995. Uh, it includes a wealth of safety equipment, standard, I would say fairly luxurious features. Uh, really the only thing that isn't on there that 
seems kind of surprising is leather seats, just because leather seats seem to have become so ubiquitous with electric vehicles. But uh, cloth seats, heated up front with a heated steering wheel, fairly decently sized touchscreen, a ton of active safety equipment, uh, parking sensors, pretty big wheels. Uh, it really seems to be a pretty good value. Uh, the car has an 82 kilowatt hour battery. Uh, about 77 kilowatts of that are usable. Volkswagen is saying that you can go up to 250 miles on a single charge. That's their estimation. It hasn't been fully tested yet. Real world, I'm gonna bet, is probably somewhere between 210, 230, uh, depending on your temperature, where you're at, how you're driving, so on and so forth. So, you know, figure about three, three to three and a half kilowatt, uh, or sorry, three to three and a half miles per kilowatt hour, which is pretty good. It's about what I get in my Volt. Uh, really not too bad. Also considering the size of the car, it's going to be a similar to what an older Tiguan was. So comfortable for five adults, uh, room in the back for your luggage. Uh, it's going to be able to tow up to 2,700 pounds. Uh, they will eventually offer it in a all-wheel drive variant with over 300 horsepower. The initial rear-wheel drive ones are going to be around 200. They're saying zero to 60 in like eight and a half-ish seconds. Uh, top speed really doesn't matter, but you know, all in all, a pretty reasonable family crossover vehicle. And, you know, for the price, I I really can't fault it in any spot with the kind of stuff that you're getting. Now, where things get kind of crazy, at least in my mind, are with the option packages. Uh, the next step up from the base trim is like a $4,500 option pack that really just adds fancy lighting, uh, bigger wheels, uh, different tires, and leather seats. And I don't really feel like that's necessarily going to be justified. Uh, I'm really curious to see what kind of an impact that has on... Uh, material quality you know Volkswagen knows how to cut corners uh, look at their North American product lineup uh, but at the same time <clears throat> you know I I don't know I, I think it's pretty exciting and I think you know looking at the crop of vehicles that this is going to be competing against things like the Model Y uh, the Ford Mustang Mach-E the Nissan Aria the forthcoming Chevrolet Bolt EUV, uh, to some extent the Toyota uh, RAV4 Prime, the it just goes, the list goes on and on, and they're all right around $40,000, and I think Volkswagen really has cut out an edge for themselves, one in terms of style. It's very inoffensive, it's very clean, it's elegant, the interior is very open and airy. They did a really good job, I think, with making this an acceptable EV design for the widest number of people. Uh, I think they also did a bang-up job, you know, with the chassis development. They're talking about how they wanted to make this a very fun vehicle to drive uh, for, you know, novices and, you know, pros alike. Uh, and they also really talk about value. And they're really hammering home the idea that you don't need to be a wealthy person to have an EV that goes over 200 miles of range. And I think that's really the key, is that they're planning to build an electric car for the everyman and the same way that they built a car for the everyman with the Volkswagen Beetle. So it's 
it's going to be cool to see what happens. Uh, they said that there will be a cheaper variant later on down the road uh, for about $35,000 before incentives uh, that will be built in Tennessee, but that model won't be available until the 2022 calendar year, so we've got a ways to go. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any... Oh, one other thing. Uh, three years of free charging from Electrify America. Uh, that is a pretty big deal because this car can suck down juice pretty quickly. Um, they're saying that I think it goes from 5 to 80% battery charge in about 20 minutes. Um, really, you know, nothing to shake a stick at. That's, that's pretty close to what it would take to, you know, stop for gasoline in some places and top off. Yeah, of course, a gasoline car is going to go further, but... But, you know, not an obscene amount of time. Uh, they are saying that on a 240 volt charger, it's going to be adding about 33 miles per hour, uh, which isn't too bad. Um, if you've got that kind of hookup at home, you're definitely going to be fine. Um, but Volkswagen is advertising, at least on their website, that you only really need to fill up once a week, if even that, uh, for most people with, you know, normal sized commutes of less than 40 miles round trip. And, you know, I think that's the the game changer that everybody continues to look for. Now, here's the secret. Uh, Hyundai and Kia, they've had vehicles in the size and price range that really seem to have worked well, I think, for a lot of people. If anything, they've maybe been a little small and a little compromised by the fact that they were built based on, you know, internal combustion engine vehicles. Uh, on the flip side of that, you know, you've obviously had the Teslas, you've had the uh, BMW i3, you've had so many others, and, you know, I think Volkswagen's really sussed out the sweet spot. But, uh, yeah, I... I don't know. I'm really, really torn as to what would be the way to go. It, you know, is the Mustang Mach-E, you know, which had been my favorite for a long time, is that the best one anymore? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I really like the Aria in terms of design. Nissan fixed the battery, but, you know, it looks like it's going to be pretty pricey. I think the Bolt EUV is really the big, you know question mark hanging over everybody's head because the Bolt as it stands is still a very long range, nicely priced, nicely sized vehicle. The Bolt EV is supposed to have like an extra 8 to 12 inches of room in between the wheels. Uh, GM obviously has a long history of very reliable batteries and motor technologies that has a lot going for it. And they're doing a lot of work right now to lower the cost of the Bolt uh, to broaden its appeal to a wide number of people because their tax credits are gone. And in that instance, I go, eh, they might be able to outprice Volkswagen in some regards, but knowing GM, they're probably going to take a lot of content out and Volkswagen has really got a leg up on a lot of people there. So we will see as the news continues to come. But anyway, I'm just about home and we're just about done with this show. So if you want to follow along with me on Twitter, you can do so at twitter.com slash YSSMAN, where I complain about cars and talk about EVs far too often. You can also follow along with episodes of this show at anchor.fm slash salvage title. Uh, we post this show for free on a wide variety of podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, so much more. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you like what you hear, share it. 
Anyway, guys, uh, I'm sure we'll do another short episode the next time we've got a bit of news. Uh, But until then, make sure you drive safe, make sure you vote, and we will see you on the next episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. See you then.